Deep within a bleak and dismal era, hidden within the murky internet, lies the headquarters of the most sinister peaks of all time, a legion on Zoom. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Legion on Zoom. As always and forever, I am inevitable. I am eternal. I am Chuz. And I'm Miguel. And I'm Rod. And there's a lot of crazy shit that's actually going on in the news. Um, in their usual pursuit of chaos and throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, DC is at it again. Um, they're going with this whole future state thing that's going on. And I got to say, there are some changes in there I'm kind of liking. One of the most historic things that like I've seen so far that, like to be honest, I never even thought of. Um, they did it with Superman, and hey, might as well try it with Batman, see how that goes. We got a black Batman. Anybody Word. want to enlighten us? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like what you're saying about the spaghetti. <laughs> Just throwing it at whatever seems that sticks, because we can talk about that in terms, I think, like with the main events going on right now, with the death metal, uh, you know, what is it the dark multiverse stuff which is yeah. fun but it is getting to a point where it's a little extreme uh, but this has nothing to do with this right this is the future state event which is supposed to be set i think it's going to be two months i think it's going to be all january and all february where most of the books or if not all of the books are going to be set in the future we don't know how many years in the future but in the future and they're going to have all these different storylines but which apparently actually there is going to be one where it's Bruce Wayne still Batman and you know he's in the future or something but we have this other one that's going to be called the next Batman which is going to be written by uh, uh John Ridley uh Ridley who's a screenwriter uh, an African-American screenwriter and he you know as, as you guys can have seen in our account on 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 Instagram is that it's a black Batman uh we don't know who he is there's some rumors to say that it might be like an older Luke Fox uh, who we know uh, that took the mantle of Batwing uh, oh. in, in, in the books. But the art looks dope. You know, like, I, I, I'm, I, all right, I, like, I'm willing to, like, all right, let's read this. I hope it's a good story. But that's as much as I know about it. Yeah, and it's not the, the Signal dude, right? He's kind of young. I don't think it's the Signal. For the fans that don't know, that's another Robin-esque character that got his own persona. I think I think he uh, debuted in like Robin War or some shit. I read that. A yeah, while yeah, back. yeah, yeah. It wasn't Robin War because I, I mean, remember seeing. I'm it. for it. I, I'm curious about like what events lead to this happening because I'm not currently up on the most recent DC comics. I'm catching up with Batman. Almost done with Tom King's run, and uh, I started looking at the first issue of the Dark Multiverse, where it's like the Nightfall universe, and right off the bat, I'm like, this shit is already sick. Like I, I like <laughs> I, I like this whole multiverse thing because you know it's similar to what uh, Tom Taylor has done with Deceased and Injustice, where he could just play with the characters in almost any way he wants, right? He can kill off anybody. I don't know. It's kind of cool. I think, right? Yes, These no, out no, of continuity I, stories. No, and I like that exactly. I do like that the out of continuity part. The only part that I'm a little bit confused about is that, but. It's part of an event that is taking place in continuity, you know, where the Batman who laughs uh, and it's the, it, it goes into the Justice League story and basically all of Scott Snyder's run from Batman to Justice League. And he wrote the first metal, you know, events. And, and so there's this big, massive crossover, which has been we've talked about. We love Scott Snyder, but his Justice League run has been a little bit over the top and not like in a good way. Um, it's got some good art, uh, but I feel like that 
main event is a little bit like super fucking chaotic and just like all over the place. And with all these characters involved too, that as a standalone book, no, like it's fun to read as this uh, separate universe kind of thing. But it's just, it's just like a lot. It's just a lot. And to be honest, I'm all for it. Um, I'm definitely going to read the next Batman book because let's be honest, it's about time that we saw way more variety in Gotham's population. I mean, aside from maybe some variety in the Bat family itself, not maybe, it's about time. But um, let's not pretend like 99.99% of the population that we've seen in the comic books over time in Gotham hasn't been white. So like it's nice to it's nice to see some diversity in gotham like like it's obvious it's a big city there's probably millions of people there and i think they haven't addressed like the non-white population of gotham since maybe like the 80s or 70s from what i remember seeing in, in some like old comic book documentaries where it was like a big factor where batman actually went into the ghetto i forgot what storyline it was but it was something really old school like that but i'm definitely all for it and i definitely will be reading um and just a quick side note for the fans who heard last week's episode i want to give a very brief and direct screw you to miguel because i did watch um deathstroke knights and dragons the first part <laughs> um therefore securing my fandom and ensuring the continuation of hashtag Deathstroke Awareness Month. <laughs> I forgot about the hashtag. Good. <laughs> All right. I came back with a vengeance. And I'm assuming you liked it. Quick thoughts on the movie. What was it? Did you agree with Rod's uh, take? Uh, actually, you know what's funny? Um, I thought I was going to have a completely different review, but he was actually dead on. So far, because um, I think it's like an episode one of two kind of thing. Um, and he's actually dead on. I see why he gave it a 3.5. Yeah, it definitely can get a four. Some of that dialogue feels a bit empty, a little bit rushed, but I can see why he gave it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree overall. Speaking of Deathstroke, so that's, I think, one character that we're not seeing being addressed in the future state kind of thing for the, for DC. That'd be kind of cool to see Deathstroke of the future. Like, I'd, I'd like, I'd be curious to see, check that out. If that hasn't come out already, like, I don't know, like in a Batman Beyond book or some shit like that. But speaking of with that kind of news, we also saw that, Red X, right? This character is being brought into continuity as part of the future state uh, 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 event. I don't know much about Red X. I feel that this is something Rod may know about because I think, is he from Teen and Titans? Just, right? I think, yeah, he's so from the Teen Titans uh, for the fans of the animated series and the spinoff Teen Titans Go. This is a, another transition from animation to the comic book panel. And I haven't like thought about this that. character in years. <laughs> I literally just remembered when he, when he said that I wouldn't know who that Red was. Red X. I didn't know, but now I know. Okay. Right. <laughs> Red X was like an alternate persona of Robin. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where he like, you know, he shows like his underhanded side and, you know, he tries to become uh, Deathstroke's apprentice. Which Robin? Tim Drake? Uh, the, the Teen Titans cartoon Robin, which we're, we're assuming is Dick Grayson. Yeah. That's the that's the Grayson. Yeah, they've always played with that. It's weird, but I yeah. think it's been established just because he grows up and becomes Nightwing, right? Oh, but yeah. anyway, not to go on a tangent, but yes, this character and you know, Teen Titans, the show is extremely popular. I think that it may even be even be the case where like there are so many shows, I mean, so many fans of the show that they're not even aware that it originated from a comic book. Like it's like a cartoon phenomena, not just like a comic book phenomena. Damn. So yeah, so that'd be cool. I mean, I'm down to see what they do with him and and who is underneath the mask. 
Yo, how would you feel if it's fucking Dick Grayson, dude? That's your boy. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on with him. I know he's back as Nightwing now. After the whole, like, getting shot in the head by KG Beast, having his mind wiped, becoming Rick Grayson, and then, like, I don't know, coming back. And then Rick Yo. with Rick without, like, the K, it's like R-I-C. Like, that's yeah. so, I was like, Yo. shut up, dick. It was aight. It was aight, that, that run. For the Still. fans. For the fans, um, I don't want to let Rod gloss over that. That is one of my favorite villain names. I want people to go look that villain up. You heard it correctly. That is KG Beast. Yeah. <laughs> that is so stupid. What do you mean? It's <laughs> brilliant, bro. Yo, that is like classic. That's the like a KG classic. KG Beast. Late 80s, early 90s gold. <laughs> Like oh the god. name wrote itself. Like, come on. Facts. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. That is one of beast. Yeah, that's one of my favorite tier B villains ever. <laughs> Fans, please go look him up. And um in other stuff that's been circulating that has us all excited, and I will make the same mistake I've made from past episodes. So um it's rumored that Alfred Molina might actually be coming back to the Spider-Man franchise and play Doc Ock. I'm sorry. I got to say this. I just did a quick wiki search because I wanted to give credit where credit is due to the creators of KG Beast and uh, Jim Starlin (laughs) and uh, Jim Aparo. And get this, gentlemen. It's looking to fulfill my quota for the episode. (laughs) Yeah, nice. The the henchman in BVS is... The fucking KG Beast, but not like what? obviously that dude that that dude that's always a villain in every movie. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's the KG Beast. Wait, 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 persona. The main henchman that's in the desert. Like, the dude, yeah, the dude the that's head, gonna like kill Martha. He has he has like yeah, a, a like, flamethrower some shit. Yeah, I'll do yeah. it. The head yeah. mercenary. That's KG yeah. Beast. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Oh man, that's awesome, bro. He's made his fucking live action debut. <laughs> I'm not going to front. They should have made him, you know, like a little bit more epic than if he was KGB. KGB is like a low-level Bane kind My of. My guy, that guy, that guy was he extremely was cool. epic in that no, movie. No, no, he was cool, but he, come on, like. But he was wasn't no KGB epic, though. Come on, exactly. what I wanted. I needed more KGB with that beast. <laughs> Bro, he kidnapped all the chicks. He kidnapped <laughs> Lois Lane. He kidnapped um, uh, Martha. Martha, The yeah. one that's alive. But anyway. <laughs> Alfred Molina. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. bring it back home. Yeah. I, I, uh, quick, quick. Uh, I think, which would be smart, if they're planning to do the Secret Six, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Because remember, I, I mentioned how in a previous episode, how they may do this interdimensional shit. You mean the Craven. Sinister Six? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sinister <laughs> Six. I still got the yeah. KGBs and all that bullshit. <laughs> I love DC Comics. The Sinister Six. Um. It wouldn't be crazy if they just plucked out like the members out of like, you know, all the films, regardless of timeline, right? Because then you could get a whole bunch of dudes there. You got who's, you know, Mysterio. Have we ever had another another, like Doc Ock live action? He's the only one, right? Yeah, no, it's the only one. The only one. Yeah, damn. So, like, it's crazy when, like, the first one, it knocks it out of the park because if they're with it, you know how some people quit characters because they don't want to get pigeonholed? Like, if they knock it out of the park the first time and stay with it, a la, um, wow, I'm having a brain fart. Who plays Wolverine? 
Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Yeah, um, I like Hugh Jackman. Like, it, like it kind of fucks it up for other people to get an opportunity ever if they just stay with the character. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. How many people have gotten a shot to be Batman, Spider Man? You know, like, and just taking careers into the stratosphere. But there's only been like one Wolverine. There's been like one Thor. You know what I mean? Like, when some people stick with it, it's like it steals jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and, and the only thing with that, with that, like, uh, with Alfred Molina, like, I don't, I, I would love for him to come back, uh, and, and you know, this idea Rod has for the Sinister Six might be cool, but I don't think, like, for example, an actor like Alfred Molina, well, I don't know what he's doing right now, but I'm assuming he'd be older. Like, I don't know if he want to, you know, sign up for a full fucking franchise. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't fucking know the guy, so I don't fucking know what his intentions would be. But I'd be down though, like you're saying, is like I would like to see some cool new actors that take on the roles of these characters. Like we've talked about this before, right? With Jamie Foxx supposedly returning as Electro. Like I have mixed feelings about this. Like, all right, you know, I'm willing to give Jamie Foxx a chance again, but like I, we didn't love his portrayal. Obviously with Alfred Molina, it's different because he was a badass Doc Ock. Dude, I was just going over the lineup in my head as you mentioned Jamie Foxx. Yo, that Sinister Six fucking acting lineup is stupid. You'd have... Uh, um. The Vulture is Michael Keaton, Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, Electro. Is he part of the Sinister Six? Right? He would be. Oh, he is, right? Yeah, it's Jamie Foxx. Good Lord. Like, so much acting. Also, so much money. <laughs> so much money. Some people would have to, like, tape pay cuts for the sake of the budget or Disney slash Marvel would have to shell out some major coinage to make that work. You know, one famous actor, I think we might have mentioned this before, one famous actor that does that, that takes pay, uh, pay cuts to make sure to pay for the other actors and like and, and other shit is Keanu Reeves. He's been known to do that. And so for, for the Devil's Advocate movie, actually, he took a pay cut so, so they could have Al Pacino uh, be in the movie. I'm like, damn, dude, he's a, such a good guy, dude. Like, he cares about the craft and about like, he's like, all right. He's like, you're probably a millionaire, right? Who matters? So Tom Holland. Yo, take that little pay cut, bro, so you can get other people in the movie, some badasses like that. Yeah, word. And because going further, um, the Rhino's part of the Sinister Six too, right? Yeah. Dude, that's fucking Paul Giamatti, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. The Rhino has been uh, Sinister yeah. Six. Yeah, yeah like, so look, on at, the off. Yo, yeah. look yeah. at the fucking roster of actors that got to fucking pay to make the Sinister Six. That's insane. Legit, that's close to $100 million just right there. Yo, but guys... But guys, I love all of that. I'm all happy for all those things. I would love to see all these characters, these actors come back. But I would gladly change all of that, throw all that away for the opportunity for us to have yes. Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. Hashtag save Daredevil. A hundred percent. A hundred percent agree. What do you think? All right, no, because <laughs> wow. I, I think I think Damn, I, w- right. I, I, w- I think I would give up Rod right now <laughs> nah, to get back Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox. Cancel, cancel Rod. Cancel Rod. Nah, man, his time is done. Whatever, man. Forget about those Netflix shows. Your time is done. Here, check this out. Yo, what did they do to you? You know man? what would be cool if you go back to my treatment on uh, how they should. <laughs> 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 on how they should do the the Tom Holland transition to the Venom verse, right? No. I, I said that. Okay, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Hear my, I hear said my. that that they should he should be transmitted via the multiverse, right, to the Venom verse, metaverses and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then in that universe, he finds the new Tony Stark, aka Norman Osborn. What better way 
to fucking introduce the the Sinister Six, um, than if Norman Osborn has his Avengers, like like the Dark Reign shit, right? And right here, you essentially create the uh, the Sinister Six as Norman Osborn's Avengers. Tell me that wouldn't be fucking sick. Listen, nah, but now Charlie Cox though. What, what's, what's up with yeah. Charlie Cox? Go ahead. <laughs> fuck everything you just said. All right. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck all that nonsense. <laughs> Give us a season three. That's it. Season four. Four. four yes. Season, season four. four. Yeah. No, because everything you said sounds dope. Sounds. I would love to see it, but I would much rather see a season four of Daredevil four. and a five. But- with exactly with the quality of show that we got from Daredevil, like each season was fucking solid. The last season, I think, might have been the best season. I don't know. Like they were all so fucking good, and everything else you described is great. But there's room for it to suck, you know. Like even just the Venom Venom verse, like Word. the Venom movie wasn't good. Like I would really much rather give money back to Charlie Cox and like all the other actors and uh, characters from the from the show. To come back, man. I need you in my life. Yeah, word, man. And to be honest, um, I just had a realization while hearing Miguel out, and it was like in my head, part of me wanted, like, you know what? Fuck it. Just give him his own movie. He deserves it. But then it's like, no, put him on Disney Plus because that way we get that slow drip. I want that 10, 12 hours of Charlie Cox's Daredevil backs. I don't want like a two and a half hour, three hour, even a four hour Daredevil extravaganza. Then I don't want to see him again for another like three or four years. No, I want like a season that I could stretch out as needed. Like if I know, like I watch it like 15 minutes at a time. Also, because I feel like I would like to give them at least at least one more season so they can end it properly. You know, because I feel we didn't get that last season you know like that closure of like all right you know like charlie cox you know there they will beat bullseye you know and all that we he kind of did right but we saw him beat bullseye kind of becoming more bullseye it's like come on you know like king thing again like one more season and disney plus is the place to go for that if it builds traction who knows man you never know with fans now and you know, maybe uh, production companies are leaning toward streaming services and, and limited series and things like that. It's definitely possible. So, guys, share the hashtag, yeah. Save Daredevil. And Back. also, hashtag Save Punisher. Because one thing I noticed that um, Disney Plus is missing with all its awesomeness, there's a certain demographic that they're not exactly catering to, even with the maturity of The Mandalorian. Um, those people that want that daredevil hardcore action that john bernthal punisher action and i think with just like one or two shows they could pull in some major cash into the app by just having like that level of grit kind of like the marvel knights flavor but on disney plus you know what i mean that could even become like its own like square category of like the login screen you know like marvel knights boom john bernthal punisher charlie cox totally totally and 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 because imagine that like with disney plus we're hoping you know at least wandavision look fucking cool at least in the trailer right and with everything they're making another news that we talked about at least on on our account was like so that they officially started filming the hawkeye show here in new york city 
which Word. is kind of crazy. Get you know, COVID's you know getting a lot higher right now, so I'm assuming the production's gonna get halted any minute now. But I'm glad that they're filming, and they also confirmed that we will in fact have Kate Bishop, you know, the the, the young Avengers Hawkeye. Uh, in the show and is going to be played by Haley Steinfeld, uh, who actually I don't know what other stuff she's done, uh, but I, like I, I like the her look. I'm like she looks like Kate Bishop, and and I'm excited for uh, for that show too. And just to see, imagine if those worlds colliding one day with fucking Daredevil and shit, you know? Because those, those shots were cool, like them like in New York City and in the subway. And I'm like, ah, that gave me that Netflix feel from before. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, and I think they're putting some story from the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run that I I didn't get to read. I'm pretty sure, Miguel, you read that shit. Yes. One interesting phenomenon that I've noticed with these Marvel movies is that it seems as though a lot of these storylines are being pulled from more recent shit. And I think there's been like a golden age of comic book writing in the last 20 years or so with Jonathan Hickman, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Mark Miller, Ed Brubacher. They're pulling all yep. these stories, Matt Fraction, they're pulling all these stories out of recent comic books, which was, which is why I think it'd be really fucking cool if they did Dark Reign, right? They got to fucking do that shit. Damn, Imagine Dark the Reign. I, I have thoughts on the Sentry. I'm, 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 like, I'm not a big, big fan, but I'm like, all right. like Because he's like this Superman character in the marvel universe that you know i'm not a big fan i think the century would actually be a great um series property for disney plus because that's like a great psychological thriller if you think about it he's essentially vastly more powerful than superman quote unquote like well not quote unquote like um because that wasn't what they said but what was it like his powers like that of a thousand exploding suns or some crazy shit like that um but yeah like the fact that he has to deal with the darkness dude that's definitely like a thriller series material hashtag marvel knights on disney plus yes yeah facts (laughs) and also just um this is something that i wanted to address that i had thought about um just a few days ago so we had talked about um the new the new mutants movie um an episode or two ago and i had called it a bit of a chronological shit show and i want to expand upon that because i i just thought about something else so for our fans out there this is non-comic related as far as her breakthrough but the lead in the new mutants is anya taylor joy who is the lead of the hit show on netflix the queen's gambit so which was like which I think it seems to be her big breakthrough, but which would have been technically the new mutants 10 years ago when it was <laughs> filmed, but it was released after like, you get what I mean? That movie just continues as time. Like it's weird time loop fuckery. Like I just noticed that she was in that movie first, which just got released recently. And then this show is huge on Netflix, but she had done something for Marvel years ago. Yeah, you know, that, that must be a trip for her, right? Like, I don't exactly. know. Like, she, she must don't give a fuck about the new mutants anymore. She's like, <laughs> exactly. I'm riding that Netflix wave right now. Like, that's good for her. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. And just a quick recommendation for the fans. Yeah, check out that show, The Queen's Gambit. It's pretty cool. It's about chess and shit. It's about chess and getting lit. Wait, chess with two S's or it's about you, chess? No, no, no. No, 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 no it's about chess. Ah, it's not. Ah. It's, <laughs> It's not a biographical show on Netflix about me starring Anya Taylor-Joy. 
Damn, she's playing you? Shit. Fuck. <laughs> hey, man. It's 2020. 2020. Uh, <laughs> and, um... This is pretty interesting. Um, apparently, there's now a bronze Batman statue in Burbank, California. Yes, I think. Isn't it at the Warner Brothers Studios or something like that? Near, near there? Because that's in Burbank. Uh, but the, the photos look great, man. Makes me wish we could, I could fucking travel back home so I can go check it out. Right. And I think it's modeled after Jim Lee's art. And I think, like, you know, if there's ever, like, a nuclear Armageddon or whatever bullshit, the world ends and humanity or civilization starts anew, just, like, you know. I know where this is going. You know, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Just like, you know, we look at the the Sphinx and and all these artifacts and we wonder about, like, how before recorded history, things, supernatural things were possible and all this bullshit. You know, especially with like organized religion. I'm crying. I think, (laughs) as I've always felt, that if you want a model, if you want a figure to stand out and define the times, to to, to make a path for humanity, you need fucking Batman. Church. I'm glad they did that shit. They should put a statue. They should put a statue of him in every state. <laughs> yes, that's right. In front of fucking like the uh, like the courts, you know, like fucking. <laughs> like, Just take down Lady Justice and put a mm-hmm. Batman. Hell yeah! I am one hundred and four. General there. statues, take those. You know, Yo, those I, oh are my god, that same thought went through my head. <laughs> Yo, I get pissed and just replace <laughs> it with a nice shiny, brand spanking new Batman statue. Yo, I bet even them, like the people who are fighting, like, no, that's my history. History, leave that up. Oh, it's my racist history. Let me own it. And they're like, wait, you're going to put Batman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that down. Yeah, put yeah, Batman up. See, exactly. I, I didn't it. Batman unites people. Yo, like, I think that you're absolutely right. And give them a choice, right? They say they want the black Batman. Now they got one. You just put that one. We need a Latino <laughs> Batman. Oh, we no, we do have a Latino Batman. Batman Manuel. Oh, so yeah, throw him. Throw him in like Texas or California or whatever. Wait, Batman Noel? Wait, what's the Latino Batman? I don't remember this guy. <laughs> that, that, that's from the tick. Yeah. Uh, Neta, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those um for those of you out there, please look up the live action tick show. The Not OG the, one. Yeah, the the original the OG, one. The, yeah. the original one. Not the one that's I think what was it what on Amazon? Yeah, on Amazon. Which I've yet to check that one out. Yeah. I, heard it, I heard it was okay. No, it I saw the, Yeah, I saw the first season. It was good. It, I, I didn't like it didn't blow me away or anything, but like I haven't seen the second one, but it was good. It was it was fine. Yeah, but the the original OG the original, show yeah. featured a um a definitely interesting character in Batman Noel. Batman <laughs> <laughs> um, onto some more interesting news. And so much this, news this week. Yeah, so much news finally because it felt like the world was running a bit dry on the news front, but I guess it was just that incoming tsunami. Um. One of the coolest things in gaming to ever happen has been the Metal Gear Solid franchise. It has literally gone through the entire gaming spectrum, time-wise. NES, SNES, PlayStation 1, 2, 3, handhelds, you name it. Um, And now, finally, it's getting to the big screen. Not that those fucking cutscenes from Metal Gear Solid, what was it for, weren't already movies in themselves, but um, it's actually getting a live-action flick. One that we've always known should have been made. To be honest, I'm glad they waited till 2020 because we have all this technology available to us. And in my opinion, aesthetically speaking, 
who knows acting chops wise, but I'm pretty sure he'll knock it out of the park. We have our solid snake in Oscar fucking Isaac, a.k.a. Apocalypse. Hell yes. I am excited about that. And what do you mean I've has acting chops? He's a great actor. I've seen a ton of shit that he's done. He's a very, very good actor. And and it's fun fact, just full disclosure. I just don't like having blind faith. That's all. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, like full disclosure, though, you're mentioning all, all I, I have never played a Metal Gear Solid game. Never. Wow. Yo. I've never I've never been I've never even been in a room when someone's played the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, honestly, there's a lot of games that I've seen, like, for example, like, well, I've seen you guys play it. I've, I've seen Rod play. And like in through that, I was like, all right, I kind of feel like I played it right <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. I have uh, never seen it. Like, bro, uh, yo, if you want <laughs> layered storytelling, <laughs> fucking Hideo Kojima's masterpiece of a story is Metal Gear. All the way for all the way from Metal Gear to like, oh my god, to like Metal Gear Solid Two on PlayStation Two, was it? Oh my god. But actually, with that, I've, I've thought about that, too, because I've heard, you know, about how great it is. But for example, now I feel like I feel like almost like a new comic book fan would feel when running, wanting to learn how to, you know, how do you start with the X-Men? Right. Like it's a fucking massive history. How would I start with Metal Gear Solid? Like, what, 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 I can't go all the way back to fucking whatever the first thing was. No, like what would you guys recommend? Because Rod, Rod, you played Metal Gear, right, too, or no? Yeah. Yeah. I played most of them. And I don't know for the for the over 35 year old audience. I remember back in early 1990s Marvel comic books and uh, the ad like on the last page or in the back cover was like um, all, all these like armaments, like a rocket launcher, handgun, grenades. And it was, like, it was an ad for the original Metal Gear on Nintendo. Metal Gear. And then I eventually got to play that shit. But, you know, I was probably like fucking, I don't know, eating my boogers like five years old or some shit. <laughs> but then in on um, the PlayStation in 1997, they released Metal Gear Solid and like Woo! really just revamped the franchise and made it this huge phenomenon. That shit revamped fucking, gaming. I, I rented that shit from Blockbuster back when that shit was still a thing. Mm. I watched you play that crazy ass game. It was what, like a two disc, right? I think at least two. Damn, two did. But yeah, I'm sure they've yeah, remastered. I, I think they've remastered it by now on Nintendo. I know they ma- they did a remastered version. Dude, that game had a fucking score. Back. I don't know if I'd say go back and play them shits. Nah, Might as well just that. like, yeah, it's deep, man. And there's like, I didn't even continue with it. Just play like the new one or something. Whatever was the latest one, probably that could be good enough, no? Yeah, I mean, either way, I'm stoked about this shit. I, I thought it was, you know, it should have been a movie years ago. Right, like this shit has been like floating around in pre-production as well. I always thought Hugh Jackman would have made a nice, uh, solid snake. Yeah, word. Or Yo, maybe. Uh huh. No, I mean, I was gonna say if anything, um, if fans want to get like a live-action idea of what Solid Snake kind of is, um, take a look back at the one of the most epic men alive, Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken in right. the yeah in the Escape New York and Escape LA Escape right. series. Um, but other than that, you could also go on YouTube and just look up like what is the Metal Gear Solid storyline if you want to get your brains blown out by just lore. And it's just government intrigue and geopolitical conspiracies and like uh, like and fortunes hidden across the globe. It's just a hodgepodge of like it's that meme with like go ahead, Rod. 
no, no. Go ahead and finish. No, no. I just had a thought. No, no. No, no. A thought. Damn, you no. shut him up, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Mid-sentence. No. Oh, no, because I was just going to tell that we fan. Have, we have hand gestures yeah. when it's the next person's wants to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, it helps with um organizational editing. But, no, nah, I was going to tell the fans that it's such a crazy story that it's like that meme with um, Lisa Simpson when she's holding the mug of coffee and Hideo Kojima just pouring that good old weird shit into our brains, and we're just soaking it in with a happy smile. Nice. Yeah, I was going to mention how in uh, the original Metal Gear Solid, he uh, he was inspired by uh, Snake Plissken of, uh, like Chess mentioned, Escape from New York. And the video game, he was voiced by David Hayter, who kind of did a Kurt Russell voice. And David Hayter is also the guy who wrote the screenplays for X-Men 1 and 2. I'm not sure about oh, 3. Yeah. But this guy, but shout out to David Hayter. Shout out to David Hayter out here just pumping out content like 20 years ago for us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And also I want to just shout out to Oscar Isaac because I think he's establishing his role well in geek fandom. So so well because, right, so because he's he's done, he's going to be Moon Knight, right? He's he was Apocalypse. Uh, he was Poe Dameron from the latest Star Wars trilogy movies, right? Uh, he's also gonna be a main actor uh, in the in the Dune film, which is hella sci-fi, glory, you know, glory. And and am I missing anything? I I think that's I think, but he's like fucking in everything, like good. Yeah, good, good and he job. did a Zack Snyder movie. He did Sucker Punch, which is the the only film of Zack Snyder's that I can't get behind. I tried to enjoy <laughs> it. But, you know, it, I think it, tr- it it tried to recreate the visual onslaught of 300, but the acting just fell flat. And so you need you need like a Gerard Butler to really fucking bring it home. Now, you know how I feel when I watch all of his films. <laughs> Damn, that was brutal for no reason. <laughs> and I just want to address one of our fans real quick. Um mark maniac the reason why we said apocalypse and not poe dameron is because just sheer grandeur of character apocalypse is more epic than poe dameron just putting that out there (laughs) just for the people listening so this is from an (laughs) online discussion right because obviously so (laughs) Jess did a good job of posting the news about oscar isaac and solid snake and listing how you know you know what you said something about right like excited from you know from yeah because what i had said was um first apocalypse and now solid snake like and then i said something like um some bullshit about an epic resume yeah (laughs) <laughs> and our good fan listener mark maniac oh <laughs> this <laughs> my cat just fucked with my mic right now actually so <laughs> anyway the our good friend mark maniac gave a shit about like you know damn not even listing poe dameron like on the list and i do agree apocalypse is bigger than poe dameron for sure but i'm like in terms of the, of the grandeur movie, yeah but, that- but in terms of the acting the character's live screen Poe Dameron was more. Oh popular. yeah, of course. And also, um, I completely forgot that he played Poe Dameron. So there's that. So, my bad. And also, yeah, I'm coming directly at you. All right, all right, Mark Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Miguel, see if you can uh just re- slightly readjust your microphone. I yeah. think when when yeah. Yeah. That's the issue and, with cats. Yeah, and we're back on the ball because even felines <laughs> show us that they don't give a fuck about the Legion. <laughs> they they do not. <laughs> and also for our fans out there, just to learn a bit about us, Miguel likes cats. 
Love cats. We got Fuck two cats. cats here. Love I them. agree. I agree. Fuck cats. Our boys Rod and Chess, especially Rod, are allergic to cats. Fuck yeah, I got asthma. Hashtag, all this shit. But hashtag Eczema. fuck cats. <laughs> like he just saw the cat on the screen and he almost sneezed. Like that's how bad it Word. is. I gotta take a fucking Benadryl just to watch Thundercats. All right. <laughs> uh. Thundercats, yo. What's up with that? You know that has to be be. Yo, I think that there's like a recipe, right, for like a remake. Obviously, they're they're catering to like a between twenty and thirty five audience, right? And they're working off nostalgia. So if you go back twenty thirty years and you start gathering all these fucking properties like Thundercats, GI Joe, Toxic Avenger, that recently Damn. got announced. Yeah. Like all these old things, and people are just like, I'm down because apparently, like today's audience wants nostalgia. They want brands that they know. There's very few big budget movies and big budget shows coming out now that aren't based off of an already established brand. That's the wave. Yo, and speaking of, of the Toxic Avenger, right? Like also with the news, they announced that the great Peter Dinklage is going to be portraying the main character that we know him as the glorious, awesome Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. So that's going to be interesting to check it out. Yeah, he also has a bit of a resume, right? For the geeks. He's a Marvel, oh, yes. he's done X-Men. Was he Bolivar Trask, right? Or yeah. Trask, yeah. right? Yeah, Bo- Bolivar Trask. Yes, he's great. Although I do want to say that in terms of the, I love the idea exactly that they're reaching out to people, you know, who are our age, basically, right? Or like a little bit older than us uh, that, that witness all these things. But I saw, I, speaking of that, actually, just a quick tangent. I saw, you know, you guys saw the Animaniacs got re- basically not rebooted, but kind of brought back to life. And there's a new Animaniacs show on Hulu. You know, which is like for us, you know, like we, I, like we grew up watching that shit as well. I did. I, I loved that show as a kid. And, and, but one of the first bits that they had in the show was give crap to basically Hollywood about rebooting everything and about saying, like, you run out of ideas. Like, instead of writing new things, you're going all the way to the past and just redoing things from start from scratch again, which I do think there's some truth to that, right? Cause like they were rebooting. They- oh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> It, it is the recipe. That's how yeah. you do it now. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember back in the nineties and in the and in the and in the eighties, right? Like in the well, I don't remember much of the eighties, like the late eighties. You know, I'm not I'm not that old. And it's uh, uh like they were in rebooting shit, right? It was all original material. Um, all right. Yeah, man. I mean, but when it comes to that, you also have to address like a lot of layered things because. It's it's still it's still the same generation that's growing up and it's you also kind of have to blame the audience because as data shows people don't necessarily appreciate things that are new that much. Like people try but a lot of things that are new happen to not land. I guess like the sense of wow is just gone in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it seems like you can do something new if you're Christopher Nolan or Steven Spielberg or one of those like, you know, people that are just legends. They don't need to have old properties to make a great film. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Exactly. I think you have to have been established already as some kind of epic filmmaker uh, to, to be trusted with like, all right, let's give you this fucking huge ass budget to do something we've never seen before. Right. Exactly. I think now people don't want to take risks. But actually, it's, I think, kind of connecting what you said. Something you said earlier, Rod. One thing I, I, I ask comic book fans that we're happy about is, like, I'm okay with them 
taking advantage of the years, years worth of material from comic books, right? That's the one stuff we really haven't seen. So instead of like completely rebooting, for example, the Dark Phoenix, you know, there was no need to do that other than they did it wrong both times. So <laughs> yes, I'd like to see them do a good version, but there's so, so many other X-Men stories, so many other stories that we would love to see in film, you know? So what are some of those stories you guys would like to see be brought on film? Like Rod, you mentioned Dark Reign uh, a few minutes before. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What's Dark Reign about? Yeah, so Dark Rain. So, you know, I used to really keep up with Marvel, but matter of fact, I used to read like fucking like five comic books a day type shit, like, you know, before grad school and being an adulting and all this shit. Great but, IV drip of content. <laughs> yo, I I was deep into Marvel, especially when Brian Michael Bendis was the architect. You know, recently he got, you know, this big deal from DC and he he took his talents over there. Um, so Brian Michael Bendis did many, you know, he started with, uh, uh, disassembled, uh, House of M, um, you know, whatever. And w- one of the, w- oh, Secret Invasion, which is his big, uh, Ooh, Skrull storyline. Huge. That ends with Norman Osborn being the man, right? And I, yeah. you know, with you him know, and, and he, his team and on the Thunderbolts, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because the Thunderbolts are kind of like a, a Marvel kind of suicide squad or vice versa, whatever. So, yeah. So then he becomes, uh, I don't know, Tony Stark for some reason is a fugitive in, at this point in the comic books. And then Norman Osborn takes like this high seat in, you know, national security or fucking world security, right? Because he helps stop a Skrull invasion. Um, I think he and- becomes a fugitive because of that. Because like I, uh, uh, Tony Stark was the, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time. And then they ended up blaming him for the oh, Skrull right. invasion. And so then Norman Osborn disbanded S.H.I.E.L.D. But, and, be, and developed Hammer in, in its place. And then placed Stark as a, as a fugitive. Also because he wanted Stark's all of his information that he has on superheroes uh, you know, to f- use Hammer. And so he went on the lamb. Right, because this is uh, after Civil War. And I think yeah. at the end of Civil War, Tony Stark becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, right. All right, so, you know, That's long story crazy. short, Dark Reign is when Norman Osborn is the, the head honcho. And, you know, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis did a great job. And, you know, he establishes his own team. He has a Wolverine, who's uh, Daken, or Daken, however his name is pronounced. Right. He has uh, a symbiote. He has Matt Gargan wearing the symbiote. He yeah. has the Sentry. He, it's a cool ass Dark Avengers team. That was a good book as well. Dark yo, Avengers. yo, yo, yo! They have Bullseye as as fucking Hawkeye. That's so yes. cool in that team. Yes, yeah. Bullseye's in it, right? So yeah, I think that would make a fucking awesome movie. And, and I wouldn't. I mean, it depends, right? Because now Sony and Marvel are always playing this like weird tug of war with Spider Man shit. I don't know what's gonna happen, but it would be cool if they can adapt that storyline to the to the big screen. The, totally. Because I think with that, I think instead of it being just a movie, I think this could be a whole phase or set of phases. Not because Dark Rain was a year or years long storyline, right? That ran across all these books, right? Which honestly, not to talk too much shit about DC, but it's kind of what they tried to do with Year of the Villain uh, uh, right now with, with, with uh, Snyder stuff in the Avengers. I mean, Avengers and Justice League, um, you know, where because that could also lead to one. Like you have the Dark Rain theme across the books, right? Because that's what led to the new Avengers book, which was like this like underground Avengers group that were fugitives led by Luke Cage, which was a badass book by Bendis. You had the Dark Avengers, right? Which is what we just said here with, you know, 
uh, uh, Dokken as Wolverine and, and, and Hawkeye as, I mean, uh, Bullseye as Hawkeye, led by Iron Patriot fucking Norman Osborn, uh, which it all then eventually leads to Siege, right? And then Siege was the ending to, to, to that. Uh, event and so that would be a fucking i would love to see 10 films or something that leads to that shit what do you guys think damn that's that's pretty ambitious yo jesus christ but i'm all in though i'm with it i'm with it yo wouldn't you want to see like one or two or three films of like dark avengers films hell yeah especially with that lineup yeah dude imagine that shit and i think i've come to my conclusion if there's any storyline that, like, I don't even know if it's possible or the type of budget it would take, it would have to be the War of Light from DC. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I would love to see all the Lantern cores on screen. The amount of CGI that that would take, whew, that would be insane. That right, would and- be insane. Question, because I, I get these confused because you guys are much more deep into DC and especially Green Lantern lore. So, because um, the War of Lights, that's what leads from Blackest Night, right? Or is Blackest, like, because those are two different events, no? Right. The, the War of Light ends in Blackest Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like oh. one thing with like, it's like everyone is trying to avoid the Blackest Night, but there's some people who's trying to bring it forth which then it leads to the Black Lanterns and the White Lanterns. Just seeing all that madness play out would be insane on screen. Who Our heads would explode. Eh? Who would, who would you have direct that movie? Michael Bay. <laughs> Why you want to fuck it up? Now, I, want to- <laughs> I, I would put, put James Gunn. I, oh, yeah, I, think, but- <laughs> I think James Gunn is the no-brainer for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Lantern Spacey whatever. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because just because he showed what he can do with uh, the Marvel universe and like the Green Lantern uh, universe is also a little bit like kind of wacky that way in in the same way that Guardians was because you have all these different creatures with all their fucking different, you know, physiologies and 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 appearances and all this bullshit. But why being exclusive, though? Like like are they wacky because they're different? Yeah, man. They don't look as sexy as hell. And then it, let me see who, <laughs> and then who could you have? Who would play Hal Jordan in this Damn. movie? Damn, honestly, I'm starting to dig that dreamboat Oscar from the Isaac. Wonder Woman. Nah, nah, nah. Damn, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Um, give me that dude from the Wonder Woman movies. Uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. What's up with the Chris's, yo? That like. <laughs> So lean those, those there's, there's like a Chris farm somewhere and shit. Like, <laughs> just making them all. Yeah, but like I think that Chris could play a bad ass Hal Jordan though. Yo, but I do think that's another one that I would rather it be several movies leading up to yeah. that. You know, like instead of just because I feel like that's the been the issue, right, with the DC movies that they've kind of just like immediately like one movie like boom leads to like all right Justice League, you know, rather than like the sweet Marvel you know, movie after movie, introducing each character, building it up. And so by the time they all meet in Avengers, it was like this natural feel for it. In the same way, by the time we reached Infinity War and Endgame, it's like, all right, you know, all the characters have been there for a while, you know, like it feels good. So for something so massive as like The Blackest Night and, you know, The War of Lights, like play it out, out of a few movies, maybe maybe tie it into the series that, that we're going to get in HBO Max. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we're... And, um... Just a quick alternative that just popped into my head, and this would be more Batman oriented. Um, 
I think Rod would have to help me get the title correct, but I would want Tarantino to handle a Batman event called um, War Games. That's, All right. that's the name I'm of the listening. Year, right? <laughs> exactly. So it is essentially a storyline where um, I think it happens after Cataclysm, right? Where after Gotham goes into disarray after the earthquake, or was that before? Uh, yeah yeah you're on the right you're on the right timeline yeah yeah so it's after cataclysm so essentially all the all the gangs in gotham there's this massive truce that apparently gets broken and it becomes all-out gang war in gotham and every single member of the bat family on every tier gets called into action now i'm talking about i'm talking all the way from batman down to huntress you see people you didn't even know were like Batman contacts, people like Prometheus. I think that was his name or something like that. That weird dude who was like a leader of the gangs. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, but that was just a really- uh, Morpheus. Yeah, Morpheus, not Prometheus. Yeah, Prometheus play, is that off, JLA bad guy. Yeah, playing off the Morpheus from the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a really cool storyline that um, War Games directed by Quentin Tarantino would be so shit. Can you dig it? Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool. Damn, nice. I don't know. Damn, that's a good that that's I don't know what event I'd like to see done. I think we've talked about this. I think one that's immediately pops into my head. Uh it's it's like Secret Wars. You know, I would love to see them do Secret Wars and Hickman's Secret Wars, uh, uh specifically. Or even the classic Secret Wars would be fine too. Just a you know, battle, battle it out old school thing. Oh, yeah, but I think Secret Wars, the, the Hickman version with all the multiverse and Marvel and that kind of stuff, that'd be cool. But that's been talked about before. You know, besides that, I'm not really sure what's another. Yeah, didn't like the Russo brothers say like, yeah, that, that, would be, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I think they said like that's, they, they would come back, you know, for that. So that, that'd be cool to see. And talking about other live action stuff, that since, I mean, while we're on the subject, so... um. There's been a couple of things. Let me st- quickly interject. Uh, I would obviously do Flashpoint, and I hope that that's what they're gonna do with you know the Flash, the Flash movie coming up, because that shit is also kind of you know like it's like a multiverse. And I would shit. I'd love to see Jason Momoa and Wonder Woman like fighting to the death, Woo! like the, like the same way they were like fucking just murdering. Because I it what is it? Uh, does Diana kill Mara? Yeah, right. I think that's what happens. In and then that. becomes a new queen, and then they have they have these guys are like a fucking toxic as hell couple, and they fight each other to the death. And I think Wonder Woman kills. But I don't think Wonder they Woman. were a couple. No, I think that's why they were warring they with went each to other. War. No, yeah, because she's like yeah, the it was like the Amazon versus Amazon, uh-huh. Atlantis. Yeah, but they had a romance though. As part anyway, that that's know. irrelevant. But I would pick that one, and obviously directed by Zack Snyder. Although I'll let. You know, let whatever other dude is going to do it, you know, do it, whatever. Let's hope he has like an executive producer, Zack Snyder, on it. I was actually thinking, though, too, like I was thinking like I would love to see an X-Men. Actually, we were talking about earlier, right? Like an X-Men storyline. They have so many good shit there that I would love. Oh, shit. I already know what I want to see. Actually, you know, I would love for them to do an Age of Apocalypse. That would be fucking cool to see. You know, to see them do it right. And as well, probably have it be maybe two movies. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole franchise of films, but at least two movies. You know, uh, for those of you who might not know, Age of Apocalypse is an alternate timeline where Xavier's son, Legion, goes into the past and accidentally kills Xavier instead of 
uh, Magneto. He wanted to kill Magneto. Uh, and then which creates this world where Apocalypse took over. And then, you know, but Bishop, you know, the, the, the mutant cop from the future is the only one that remembers it. And so it's just so fucking cool. Like the whole thing. And it led to such good designs, such awesome 90s epicness that I would love to see that on screen. Like, it's almost kind of like we, like, want to agree with Rod's take on, like, fuck continuity, just so because all this shit would require massive buildups in a way. It's kind of like, just make the movie with the big bad guy. Get it out of the way real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, no buildup. We know what's happening. We know what God is here. Just give us the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a fan of continuity for sure. But especially in the comic books, though. But I do, I worry about films and, and continuity because... I don't want continuity to be the reason why certain movies are limited and those kinds of things. You know, I yeah, do want exactly. the movies to be able to stand on their own and be good movies. And I, for me, if there's continuity, that's an added bonus, you know? Facts, facts. And um, all this talk of live action has uh, kind of brought to mind the uh, deaths that have had to happen because of all the buildups and all the franchises. Like, We've seen Batman's parents die how many times by how many directors? We've seen Uncle Ben die a bunch of times by how many directors? And um, over time, this got me wondering, in comics, like in general, what have been like the most impactful deaths I, like you guys would think? Like outside of these Outside of live action, just in general, yeah. No, but even outside of the comic those books, two, those also. traditional ones. Oh, yeah. Damn, most impactful deaths. Because if you think about it, Batman's parents are like the most tragic figures in all of fiction. They're destined to die in every single iteration across the multiverse, no matter what happens. Except in that one instance where, you know, like Flashpoint. (laughs) Well, the most, for me, the most impactful comic book death is obviously Superman. Damn. Because, you know, this shit started a whole craze of comic book collecting. Like, there's a couple of books that have sold millions of copies, like X-Men number one, um, and also right. uh, The Death of Superman. I remember, you know, that shit got, like, media coverage. Uh, it was a big... And not, not only that, it redefined death in comics, right? Because they killed him with the intention of bringing him back. Apparently, they already had planned to bring him back somehow. Um, and and just I don't know it 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 uh, elicited an emotional response from fans because they're like oh my god Superman is dead right this is, and this is before all the resurrections exactly so that I, one I, obviously I, would be the 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 top that's the most impactful death yeah you're right because I do think I've heard about that apparently like after that death it's kind of like what kind of almost ruined death in a way in comic books because then after that like what you said then. Most people then would die and come back and die and come back, you know? And that's, I think, why, like, because when Superman died, I remember it was in the news. First of all, it was the first time he ever died. And it was such a big event, right? It was a big-ass bunch of comic books, Doomsday, just fucking everybody up. And then just just glorious art at the end with, you know, with Lewis Lane holding Clark's body, you know? And it, it, it was intense. And he stayed dead for, like, a while, right, too, while they were building it up for him to return. But that was definitely fucking for the industry for like the medium all of that like it was a big big death i agree yeah and it's been animated twice and we've seen a version of it in live action i disagree i think the most impactful comic book death would be 
when Hal Jordan dies as Parallax by sacrificing himself to reignite the sun. Woo! <laughs> that has to be the most, one of the most grandiose deaths in all of comic book history. And it's simply because based on the fact that because it comes after um, such a fleshing out of a such iconic character like how jordan goes from being like the top green lantern to being one of the most epic bad guys in comic book history in like the modern age which people at times tend to forget about he almost wiped out well he did wipe out the entire lantern core which led to kyle rayner being known as the torchbearer because he was like the only lantern alive at one point he was wielding like i want to say maybe 15 like over 10 Green Lantern rings at the same time and literally became one of the most powerful people in the universe. And then he chooses at the end to seek redemption and he sacrificed all his power and he reignited the sun for humanity, which also, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have been able to have, have been able to get Green Lantern rebirthed by Jeff Johns. So. Yeah. And also ties into the death of Superman because, uh, Hal Jordan's madness begins with the obliteration of Coast City by Cyborg Superman, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, that, that's, yeah, that, that planted the seed for one of the greatest comic book runs of all time. Exactly. That's when fucking Parallax took over, started to seep into uh, Hal Jordan's psyche and, and, and twist him to fully become Parallax embodied. Exactly. Damn. All right. That's yeah, a good exactly. way to connect those two things. My, I have a I have a thought for one of the most impactful deaths, but not in a good way. Actually, not not in a good way. I think one of the impactful deaths, you know, speaking because he's been on an X Men high for a bit, was I think the death of Charles Xavier at the hands of Cyclops at the end of the ABX uh, uh, Avengers versus X Men uh, run, when when Cyclops was like in a way possessed by the Phoenix Force. You know, I. That for me, I think that was an impactful death because I don't, I didn't like what, what, what it led to. Because after that, that's what led to basically the fall, quote unquote, of Cyclops. And then everybody fucking hated Cyclops because how dare he have killed Charles Xavier and all that. And then just the world and the mutants turned their back on him because of what he did. I'm like, yo, motherfuckers, come on. Like, Jean Grey destroyed planets, you know, with live people when she was the Phoenix. You know, cut our boy some slack. So he killed somebody. He was possessed by the Phoenix. You know, like how many other people, like uh, a Scarlet Witch killed so many mutants when she depowered them in House of M, you know, like what, why, why, why is people so fucking, and I, I just hated that, what it meant for the X-Men books afterwards and what it led to like Cyclops. I'm glad that's all in the past now because everybody's alive and nobody can die anymore on basically on, on Krakoa. Uh, but but that was I think a very impactful death for for the comic books because he stayed dead for 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 a while actually up until na na uh, the two years ago or something I think an astonishing X Men he came back with uh, written by Charles Soule. Shit, I didn't even know that he was dead for that long in the comics. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's crazy. All right. Yes. So, oh, but speaking of X Men, I do think it's it, it's it, it, we should take advantage right now to finally discuss a little bit uh, a quick review of the end of the X of Swords event, the Ten of Swords event, uh, uh, the the first big event from Hickman uh, after the Dawn of X. You know all this craziness that we've talked about before, especially in our in our episode Apoc LOZ Apocalypse. Uh, if you haven't heard it, heard, uh, check it out now. 
because that's when we go into everything that's happened so far. But question. So I'm assuming I have to do this without any spoilers, right? Because you guys aren't reading that, right? Well, I mean, I read the first issue and, you know, I actually have a superpower where I am immune to spoilers. But even, dude, even reading the first issue outside of context and not being like a X-Men, well, not being like a Marvel guy per se, but specifically not being an X-Men head, like... Seeing all that shit out of context still, I was in awe of the grandeur of, like, the Quiet Council and, like, seeing just Apocalypse's kids. Like, you're able to connect some dots because of context clues, of course. But it's, like, just just even seeing all that stuff on the page was, like, whoa. It was mind-blowing. So, Rod, what yes, do you say about I, um, Well... Seeing as how slow I am nowadays with reading comics, I've only read the first six issues of X-Men. So <laughs> you are behind. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fair to, you know, be spoilerific. Damn, whoa, Rod's taking one for the team right now. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't give the conclusion or anything like that, right? Because just in case anybody, anyone listening hasn't caught up. Damn. Put, we'll put a spoiler alert. The, the book came out like two weeks ago already. So I feel, I don't know. Yeah, word. Yeah, right word. Now, just do it. Just talk. Go, go. <laughs> All right. We'll put okay. a spoiler right about here. Spoiler alert. All right. It's so, right. So it was a big event, 22 issues long. And you actually right. had to read each issue because it's not like you can't just read the, because there were four, I think, Ten of Swords main books. Uh, or or two or three, I don't remember how many, but they were. But you gotta read all twenty two of them. I just across. dove in. I don't know. I just <laughs> no, but you really you can't because you'll you'll see it says like chapter one of twenty two, chapter two of twenty two, and they all connect. Like it's all just the same story. And it's mm. I liked it. It was a big ass event. It was a very big an event that I haven't seen in X Men in a minute where it was very fantasy, like sci fi e, but more fantasy realm, very Lord of the Rings kind of feel for it. Uh, you know, where, you know, it basically, you know, the island of Krakoa was used to be two, two, two islands in one. And the other half of it, which was called Arako, was shunned to this other dimension um, where, where, you know, that's where Apocalypse children le- lived and eventually tried to come back and, you know, rejoin with Krakoa. But they were all like evil and shit and wanted to take over uh, basically Earth and Krakoa. My thing is charging you know my computer's about to die so i gotta fucking charge this before we lose it anyway for you fans out there just know that the legion has more knowledge and ability than our devices can stand i know i know we're overpowering this shit Facts. right and so then the event is just about that about you know they have to go through other world where it's just like this nexus of all the fucking realities and you know basically the ruler of other world which is a, this white queen look-alike you know this kind of emma frost type of a person but like with Word. godlike powers uh decides to hold this fucking event of like you know uh what is it like i think 10 people 10 swords of krakoa versus 10 swords of Araco, you know and fight to the death kind of thing that's the setup Honestly, at the beginning, I thought that was kind of a silly setup because I'm like, really? The people are just going to fight to the death and that's it? Like with swords, like that mad medieval? And it ended up not being that, actually. It ended up being very, very... I was not expecting what the duels were going to be. All the duels were different. Everything was really, really weird. And it was almost cartoonish. It was Because it was just basically this 
uh, 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 Saturnine, I think it's her name was just fucking, you know, fucking with everybody. Uh, it, it was a little convoluted somewhere there in the middle, but it was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, and one of the biggest issues there was the threat that if somebody dies and one of the mutants dies in Otherworld, they don't come back uh, uh, resurrected in, in, in like the same way. Apparently because it's like the nexus of the multiverse or something like that, that, you know, they may get a, another version of the person if they resurrect them. And so that's like the biggest, you know, concern. But, you know, it, honestly, actually really like nobody died really like in the event, like, it, it, you know, and they really made it seem like somebody was going to die and shit like that. Nobody really died. It was still very suspenseful, very big event. Um, it, 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 you know, but and it ended well. I like I liked how it ended. It was just a little bit convoluted because eventually the big thing at the ending was that they brought back the Britain corpse, which if you guys I don't know if you the Captain Britain corpse, which basically they're the protectors of the multiverse, which were destroyed in Hickman's Secret Wars run. And so it's kind of interesting to see him bring them back uh, uh, in this event and the X and the Ten of Swords event. Um, because this was all basically what Saturnine wanted to do to have them come back in some magical way. Uh, so that happened. And then, you know, basically what ends up the way it ends is basically just like, uh, the X-Men obviously win and then, but Apocalypse stays with his people in Otherworld. Uh, but the island, the other half of the island with all of its mutants, it's like ancient mutants are rejoined with Krakoa on Earth. And that's kind of basically how it ends. So setting it up for fucking millions of new mutants, ancient ones living on this other part of the island on Earth. Uh, we'll see what comes from that. And with Apocalypse now living with his wife and kids in another dimension. So that was pretty much the, the event. And the insanity continues. Fucking sounds X-Men. cool. Jesus, it sounds correct. cool. No, it sounds. It sounds. John, Jonathan Hickman is definitely the the architect now, the Marvel comic Good book Lord. universe, right? Ditto. Like I loved his previous shit. And just on a quick side note, and some clarity for the fans. So as where the Nova Corps for Marvel is like the Green Lantern Corps for DC, where there's space cops. The Captain Britain Corps is an interdimensional police force, much kind of like the Time Masters in DC, but they're like more chronological, something along those lines, where it's not like space is more of like interreality shit. Exactly. Like they okay. defend, they defend the multiverse and any, any big threats to the multiverse, you know, they defend obviously their own earths and specifically their own, you know, United Kingdom in their earth which is very <laughs> focused on Britain. Uh, but, but also like the multiverse as a whole. And so they serve Lady Saturnine for anything that she needs. Uh, they'll, you know, come to her beck and call. And the biggest issue was like, cause it used to be Eddie, uh, what is it? Eddie Braddock? What was it? Was it? No. Brian Braddock, Brian Braddock, which is Psylocke's, um, who used to be Psylocke, no longer Psylocke anymore, um, sister, uh, I mean brother, uh, that he was the cat in Britain. But the now Betsy Braddock, which used to be Psylocke, now she's cat in Britain, and Lady Saturnine didn't want that. And so she wanted Brian to come back, uh, uh, but it failed. And then basically the Britain corpse that she created are basically different versions of Betsy across the multiverse uh uh you know as the 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 britain corpse which that's actually the one thing that happened in the book was that something happened to betsy 
people think she's dead, uh, but there might be an, in, you know, they might be hinting that she's not dead. Uh, and so th- we'll see what the books do in terms of finding a way to bring her back. Because uh, like now there's, there's multiple versions of her, you know, in the multiverse as Captain Britain, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting trying to see how Marvel's going to top this entire X of Swords event because this might be one of the biggest like events in comic book dumb period. Wow. And it might dictate what we see in the movies. <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, how a lot of these uh, movie storylines are coming out of recent shit. You know, Marvel may be setting up like the next frontier for the X Men movies. Word, like imagine, like if they were to bring out the whole Krakoa thing, you know, and their own kind of government idea, that would be kind of cool to see in the movies. It'll be interesting to see how they play it off, but it, it would be very fucking cool. And then speaking of what's going to happen next is that, right, because basically this whole era of X-Men that started, I think, last summer with the House of X and Powers of Ten storyline was called Dawn of X. And this next thing that's going to start, I think, in January is going to be called Reign of X. Uh, and, but we don't really have info about that. We just, it just, they just have this beautiful promo art by uh, uh, Mahmoud Azrar. I think I might have pronounced his name incorrectly, uh, but beautiful art. Uh, with just some classic uh, villains, it seems to be coming back, like Nimrod and Arcade, uh, and then some new shit going on. So that'd be cool to see what's in store for the X-Men books for the, the rest of the year. So, uh, gentlemen, I actually have a, a mini review of my own. I'll be brief because I know we're running a little long. And this is, this is our, our penultimate episode before the finale next week. Yes. So for the fans listening. So we want to we wanna clean house a little bit. So last night I had a little bit of free time. So I popped in my Death in the Family uh, Blu-ray. And instead of watching, you know, the, the movie that we, you know, we discussed about how you get to choose the fate of Jason Todd and whatnot, I, I watched the DC Showcase shorts. Now, for the people that don't know, um, before DC would release these uh, feature length animated movies and include with them a short uh, with a lesser known character. Some of them that they've done in the past are... Jonah Hex, which is one of my favorites. Um, and these are on the DC Universe app for the fans that are uh, interested. Uh, they've done uh, Green Arrow, which was wonderful. They've done the Spectre. So I noticed that on this DVD, they included four, four DC shorts. It was Sergeant nice. Rock, Death, Phantom Stranger, and Adam Strange. Ooh. I was like, okay, yeah. I was really, I'm like, what are they going to do with these? Like, so far, all of them have been really good. You know, comparable if not better to the actual features themselves probably because they have to work in like in a 20 minute time span it's like 20 to 50 i don't know but they do a really good job at fitting a whole story in that 20 minute uh time so i won't review each one they were all good i'll just say a little bit about each sergeant rock i've never read a comic book about i just i've I've rarely even seen him on the panel but you know that wasn't interesting he's like a like a army, you know, he's like a GI Joe DC character type shit. So that's kind of cool. That storyline that they did with that. There's the uh, Phantom Stranger, which right off the bat I thought was cool because it's animated in the Bruce Tim style. Oh, so, you know, for the for damn. the for the geeks of that DC um, animated universe, uh, the cartoons and shit. This kind of plays into that, similar to what a uh, Batman and Hardy Quinn did, uh, like two years ago. Uh, that that movie uh then there's the adam strange one which i was curious about because another guy i don't know much about 
right? This is another fucking C-list uh, DC character. That one was fucking cool, but the one that just took the cake was the Death short. Now, um, Death is a character from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Um, it's uh, it's uh, Morpheus's sister, Death, or whatever. You know, she, she's a, obviously Death is genderless, but she takes on this form. Or, or, or you see Death the way you would imagine Death to be when Death comes for you, right? And she's like so, the epitome of goth. like Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And, and they did a really good job by bringing that out with the design in this animated short. But yo, this this shit almost kind of like broke the fourth wall. Like, like I, I was really curious about how they're gonna treat because you know, like uh, this is like hollowed ground, like Neo Game and Sandman universe. I'm mean, okay. How, how are they gonna pull this off? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna include any of the other characters? There's Destiny, Death, Delirium. Um, anyway, it, it's a whole family. They're they're fucking siblings. They control whatever time and space. I don't know. Or or they're just uh, avatars of of these. Um, the elements. forces of reality. Yeah, yeah. the forces of that, that, what have you. Um, so yeah, this one was really powerful. It's like an emotional, you know, obviously there's no action. There's not your, your typical superhero storyline, but it was just beautiful. I highly recommend everyone try to track this down. I don't know, you know, because before they just released these along with feature lengths, but I don't know how, why were these four debuted originally or, or if they were just waiting to release it with this uh, feature film, seeing as how the Death in the Family movie is kind of like a rehashing of a, one we already got. But yes, fans, if you're going to see one of those, I recommend watching them all. There's also a Superman Shazam one, which is a bit longer than the rest. Um, it's about 30 minutes or so. Watch that one too. But yes, Death, fucking spectacular. And I hope that the people at Netflix that are making the live action show take some notes because goddamn, that was some good shit. Yes, I'm gonna definitely go watch this. Yes, they're making a live action Sandman for Netflix. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's awesome. That's gonna be insane. That is gonna be so insane. That's crazy. Yeah, can't. Oh my god, I got that's just imagine the possibilities of a Netflix budget with a, a live action Sandman show. Wow, do we know who's gonna be Sandman? No, and, and right? I'm kind of upset that it's going to Netflix and not HBO Max. Why? Like, I don't. I don't have Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they took down the Marvel shows, I'm like, "Fuck Netflix!" I think I've yeah. said this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, that's why you don't want Charlie Cox to come back. You're like, you let go of Netflix completely, and you're like, you close your heart to them. We found, man. we found the and true besides, motivations. I, Daredevil kind of got a trilogy in a way, right? In the miniseries universe, he got his three yeah, parts. Yeah. I think that's. I don't know, man. I worry about them fucking it up. It ended really good, Daredevil. Nah, it could have been the nah, better. Yeah. We could have get more. But yeah, could, anyway, we digress. We digress. But it yes. could keep going. It could keep going, dude. I'm talking like I want. I want straight up, like like a straight up hardcore Daredevil, Punisher, in depth crossover arc, live action. That'd be amazing. Nah, nah, nah. Save John Bernthal for Logan. Nah, fucking nah. have him be Wolverine. Have him be Fuck all of that. Shit. Have him be all of that. Nah, 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 nah. Frank Castle. Yeah, he's I, Castle. I, I eventually want to see John Bernthal in the War Machine suit. Ooh, that's that. That's how far I want ass. that to go. Facts. All right, folks. And on that note, um, on the heels of those two awesome reviews by two extremely eloquent gentlemen who I am lucky enough to consider my friends and brothers here on the Legion, 
Until next time, and like Rod mentioned, our next episode is going to be our annual wrap-up. Get ready for that shindig. Wow, guys, 24 eps, I believe, right? Something like that? We're is completing it? our first season. Good Lord, what hey, the fuck? Exactly, exactly. Next week, I mean, the uh, next week when you're listening to this, exactly, it'll be episode technically 22, but technically, technically, it'll be the 24th, right? Because we have two specials, right? We recorded the Comic-Con at Home special and the DC Fandom special. So it'll be a nice 24 episodes for season one. And so with yeah. that, exactly, I'm Miguel. Peace, everybody. And I, as always and forever, will be Chez. And I'm Rod. Deuces. Laters. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chez, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Click subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Legion on Zoom.